In a time when film criticism is as provocative as ever, Feelin' Film ventures to change the discussion from what we hate about a film to what we love about it. We judge more on emotional experience than technical merit, because every movie makes us feel something. Hello and welcome back to Feelin' Film Podcast. We are back with you for the second time this week. It's the first time we've ever dropped two podcasts in a week. I'm crazy. I know we're not. We're gonna be setting a standard we can't maintain, but uh, we can't help it. We just love talking movies, and so this is a special episode. This is very unique. Um, what we're bringing today, I think you're gonna enjoy this one a lot. Um, again, I'm as always. I'm Aaron here with. Patch. And we are excited to talk about our picks for what we think are going to be the biggest movies of the summer. Awesome. See, who needs who needs to edit in sound clips when you have Patrick with you? You don't. <laughs> uh, maybe one day you'll get to hear him beatbox. If you're lucky. Oh, no. <laughs> if you're lucky, you won't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So without further ado, what we are doing is called the Summer Movie Challenge. This is a game of sorts that has taken the interwebs by storm recently. Well, I don't know about recently. I found out about it recently. And then when Googling, I realized many people across the Internet have been playing this game. Unbeknownst to me, I felt very left out and... I wanted to participate. So I talked to Patrick about it. He was You didn't you didn't talk to me. You begged. I, I did beg. <laughs> that is that is very true. I was very much begging and saying, please let us do this, please let us do this. <laughs> um but of course once he heard the idea, he was all in as well. And I think yes. I think all of you listening will enjoy the concept here. So what this is is a competition or a challenge. We're calling it the summer movie challenge. And the goal is to predict the highest domestic grossing films of the summer. So summer is defined for this project as May 1st, films that release May 1st or after, and the cutoff date for earnings is Labor Day. So what that means is that if a film comes out in the middle of August, you only get to count what it makes through Labor Day. So you kind of got to be a little bit strategic here. If, if I'm filming, you know, late August is coming out that might be a big draw, it may not have as much time as a film that came out May 1st, obviously, to stay in the box office and earn more money. Again, also domestic is a key thing here. We're not looking at worldwide numbers. We're looking at domestic. So what we've decided to do is to elevate the challenge a little bit from just me versus Patrick is we are going to compete against one of our favorite podcasts. And that podcast is called Popcorn Theology. Uh, the two hosts are Richard and David. And Richard has been kind of like a mentor to myself as I approached the idea of starting Feeling Film Up as Patrick and I were um, kind of kicking around the thought of what, how to get started once we, once we had the idea and we, we had the passion, but we didn't know what tools to use and how to go about it. And Richard has helped us out a ton in that regard. And so Thank you so much, Richard. Yes, thank you so much, Richard. And so we really are fans of their show and of them as people. 
And so we thought it'd be fun to do kind of a battle. So what we're going to do is we're going to have uh, myself and Patrick and Richard and David um, all make our own picks. I will be Patrick and I will make ours on our podcast. Uh, Richard and Davis will, Davis Richard and David will also be releasing an episode of Popcorn Theology where they make their picks. Um, so please go check that out. I'll direct you back there again later. Um, briefly before I go on though, as I was talking about with mentorship, I do want to take a quick second to tangent and plug, um, a couple of other mentors because this was a big deal for me. And today I had someone reach out to me on Twitter for the first time and ask me for my help to get set up starting a podcast. And that was kind of a blow away my mind moment that someone would approach me and ask me for this. And, um, it was really awesome. And I was very humbled to be asked. And the coolest thing about the podcasting community is how welcoming everyone is to each other. This is not a community that worries about competition. Uh, you know, when everybody's not trying to say, oh, I need, I need to get the listeners and you can't have the listeners because I need them to listen to me. Um, we all love movies or entertainment, pop culture. We all love discussing it. It's it's kind of like everything else in life. You, you're going to find people that connect with you, and you're going to want to listen to them. And if that's us, great. If it's not and it's another podcast, that's great. We want you to find that somewhere, you know, because it's like having a conversation when you don't have those people to have that with at home. And so Dean Martin uh, runs the Science Fiction Film Podcast uh, by the LSG Media Group. Um, completely different than popcorn theology, but both big influences in my passion for wanting to do podcasting and both huge helps in getting us up and running. And also Mikey Fissel, who runs a podcast called real world theology. So Richard, Mikey and Dean, huge thank you from Patrick and I, because without you guys, we would not be here. Thank you so much. Thanks. Yeah. So back to the challenge. Uh, as I mentioned, it's going to be Feelin' Film versus Popcorn Theology. Uh, we will be crowning an overall winner between the four of us. So one of us will be considered our champion. And we're also going to decide and see who wins between the two podcasts. So Patrick and I want to beat each other, but at the same time, we want to collectively do better than David and Richard. So here's hoping that we win this thing. Uh, this is our, so it is on. It is on. The gloves are coming off. Um, the way the challenge works is you get a certain amount of points for each pick you get right. So for number one and number 10, if you nail that pick, you get 13 points for each of those slots. So those are the most two, two most important picks are number one and 10. The rest, uh, you get 10 points each if you na- nail any other slot exactly. You get seven points if your pick was one spot off, five points if your pick was two spots off, and three points as long as it shows up anywhere in the top ten. We're, simple enough, right? It, it seems simple <laughs> enough. We'll, we'll, we'll post the scoring uh, in the show notes as well for you, for you to see and, and be able to you know, look at if you decide to go make your own list so you can you know, prepare and know what you're looking at. Um, you also are going to be picking three Dark Horse films. And these Dark Horse films are movies that we just don't know where to put. We think they could potentially be in the top ten or could be potentially a bust. Uh, They could be indie movies. They could be sleeper 
potential hits, um, just the three films that we just don't know what to do with. And we will get one point each if any of those three ends up in the top ten at the end of the year. So, with that being said, uh, let's just get right into it and start revealing our picks. Patrick and I have not talked about this previously. This is the first time we have we will hear what each other is saying. So, uh, I'm excited. I'm really, really excited to find out how awful he did. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, of the of the hundred times that you've changed your list, I mean, I can't compete with with that sheer amount of uh, of research that you've done. So, you know, I'm going with my heart on most of these. <laughs> That's true. That's true. And and this is a this is just a way that my personality works. But I have indeed changed this list probably nearly a hundred times. I've I've done a ton of research and. I've mixed, you know, heart versus head and which one's going to get me where. And I, I think I'm settled on a nice little mixture of both. But honest to goodness, this is a toss-up. There are at least probably 16 or so films, maybe even more, that could I could easily see being in the top 10 at the end of the year. So trying to nail 10 of them uh, and the right 10, oh, it, it's that's why we call it a challenge. Yeah, 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 yeah. So number one's probably going to be the least um, exciting of all of these because we pretty much are I, – I expect that I know what Patrick is going to pick. Um, I'll go first. I'm going to be – I'm taking the homer pick of Captain America Civil War. I don't think that there's any way anything else this summer is going to beat it. I mean it released this first week of May. It has the entire summer to make money. Uh, it's been hyped through the roof. We can't wait to see it. We're podcasting on it next weekend, of course, um, next week. It, it, it's it's going to be awesome, and there is no doubt in my mind that at the end of the day, when the box office numbers come in on Labor Day, that Cap is going to be standing tall as number one. Patrick, what do you think? I would have to agree with you. I think my number one is obviously Captain America Civil War. And uh, I, I think with the history that the MCU has had at the box office, even with the ones that have not been so critically rece- well-received, it's still made a ton of money. And I think the point you made uh, about it releasing at the first part of this challenge, yeah, I, I, don't see it, I don't see it exiting the theaters in less than eight, eight, eight weeks. I think it's going to have a two-month run at least. I think it's going to stay in the theater that long because it'll be just that. I think it's got that kind of staying power with all the reviews that it's gotten and uh, both on the critical and the audience side. I, I don't, I don't think anything's going to beat it. I agree. And you make a great point when you, when you have a recipe for, or you have a recipe for success, when you have both the critics loving you and the audience, um, there's just, man, that's, that's box office gold and you're a comic book well, movie. Oh Yeah. Plus, Spider-Man's in it, so that's probably going to elevate it even more. Spider-Man. Everybody's coming out talking about how great Spider-Man is, and they're ready for a Spider-Man solo movie. I'm so excited. It's coming. We're going to see it Tuesday for me. Tuesday yep. for you? Yep. Yeah. Tuesday. So we can start chatting with you on Twitter and Facebook about it if you want uh, With you know, in full, uh, starting on Tuesday night or on Wednesday, I guess. But we'll be, we'll, we'll be podcasting on it and, and giving you our full thoughts next Monday. Yep. All right. What's your number two? My number two is, um, you know, like I, I'm going to go ahead and just kind of give this away. A lot of my movies are sequels and they're they're not necessarily original concepts, which 
Um, I've mentioned a little bit of that on on Facebook, just this this power of IPs versus original stuff. I, I don't think you had a lot of choice in the matter, to be honest. I mean, that's you know what you're you're exactly right. That could be a whole other podcast discussion about the power of IPs. Yeah, summer especially, summer today. especially has become the sequel. Yeah. So I think if any any movie would have a chance of competing with Cap, it would have to be the uh, the follow up to the. Um, commercially and critically acclaimed Finding Nemo, Finding Dory. And I'll, I'll give you two reasons for this. One, original, uh, the, 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 the original was fantastic. And two, your audience is wide open. I mean, this is going to appeal to everyone from age six to 65 or whatever. You're going to have not only the amount of people, but the types of people and the longevity of it, I think, is really going to open up the door for it to make a ton of money. Yep, I agree completely. I am so excited for this film. I adore Nemo. Um, it's probably still to this day my favorite Pixar film. I love so many of Pixar's movies. I mean, it's really tough. All the Toy Stories, and there, there's just so many, so many I love. But Nemo. Nemo just gets me. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm an ocean kind of guy. I'm a, I'm a Navy vet. So I really like the water. Um, I love sharks and sea life in general. So I, Nemo just had a special connection for me. And, uh, and I'm pumped about Dory, and so I'm going there too. Uh, find- and who else doesn't? Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I'm just saying, Finding Dory is my number two as well, yeah. uh, hands down. Those were, th- these two were my no-brainer picks. I had no doubt about them. They were going to be one-two. Um yeah. I'm just gonna. It's just gonna keep swimming, swimming all the way to the box office. I was waiting for you to make the joke. Yeah, I was waiting just for keep swimming joke. all the way to yeah. cash. Lucky fins and all, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, my number three. This is where I expect we will start to see some divergence. Um, it's funny, real quick. I, it's not divergence, is it? It's not divergent, divergent is it? I, I don't divergent? know. I'm not. Diver- I'm divergent. Okay. That's right. I'm not divergent. Joke. No, yeah. that is not. Is you will not see comics. one of those movies in this list. There are no exactly. young adult remakes. Um, I, I actually just did a quick cursory glance over my list, and I see one, two, original properties, two original movies here, two original ideas. The rest are sequels or based off of some sort of existing IP. That's that's pretty astounding. And that, that's including my Dark Horses. So out of 13, I got two. All right, number three. I'm going bold, and I am predicting that Independence Day Resurgence is going to blow the box office wow. up. Now, wow. Now, I'm nervous. <laughs> I, <laughs> you're laughing at me. I'm nervous because Will Smith is not in this, and so I, I am a little worried I, what I'm worried, I'm not worried. What I'm not worried about is the initial weekend draw. I think this movie is going to blow up on its release weekend. What I'm concerned about is its staying power, and will it be good enough to then have word of mouth and critical reviews push it toward what I think will be the number three box office haul? I think so many people are going to go see it initially just because they loved the first one, and they don't care. And they don't—they're not too worried about Will Smith not being in it. Um, but again, it's got to be 
decent. If it's decent, I think I have a good chance of this this falling around that number three slot. I liken this to Jurassic World last year. Um, these reboots and remakes are coming out, and people are loving them. The the difference is, and Jurassic World was number one. The difference is last of 2015, but last but last year that movie had Chris Pratt, so it had a bona fide star in his prime to bring that franchise back to life, and this does not have that. So yeah. And I was going to say that that's uh, that's not my pick. So I'll just go ahead and spoil that by saying that's not my number three. And I will say the reason why it's not or the reason why it is where it is is because of the distance between the two movies in terms of time. But you made a great point, And then you then supported my point. Again. <laughs> I know I did. I'm so like I said, <laughs> I'm, I'm torn. But I, I ultimately I just I, I'm this is a heart pick for me. I love yeah. the original film. I will cry every time that speech comes on because we will not go quietly into the night. And, oh, man, it just it gets me. It gets me. I mean, we're fighting for our lives, and this is one of the best Earth against everybody else in the world movies I've ever seen. Um, it's not the greatest movie, but it's the most entertaining. So I'm hoping. I'm rooting for it. We'll see what happens. So what would yeah. you pick? Well, my number three is is based on its specific previous uh, installment and the intrigue of the source material that it's based on. So I picked X-Men apocalypse. Nice. And I, I'm, I'm going to be one of those guys that says in singer, I trust <laughs> whenever, whenever I saw days of future past, first of all, I loved the source material right. that I read. Oh, yes. Um, and I think you got me the, you actually got me the trade at one point and I, and I read it before seeing the, 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 the movie but I thought Singer did such a great job writing the ship after like the third X-Men movie sort of took it off the rails. And he brought things back to say, okay, all these movies can exist in the same universe with you know, with your with your reboot of the of the, the first class and then Future Past I think really solidified my uh, my reintroduction into man, this is good, Brian Singer, thank you for taking back the reins. And so I think Apocalypse is gonna do what I think I, I really believe Apocalypse is going to do what Future Past did for an audience. It it kind of enhanced the faith that we have in the X Men franchise, and I think people that loved uh, Days are going to go see this. And like you with ID for two, um, I think the I think the story is going to keep people coming back. I, I feel like it's going to be a solid a solid box office draw. Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree, and I will just go ahead and I'll give my comments as a segue uh, into my number four because it's my number four, and <laughs> and and the and the the conversation I had internally with myself going back and forth was three or four, three or four. Um, it, it was it was between that and Independence Day for me. Um, those two were kind of interchangeable, and I went with Independence Day above it. But I I can easily see this being number three, uh, just as just as well because. I agree. the The way in which the reboots have been done are incredible. They're not. It's nothing short of incredible. It, it really is. It is some of the best, most unique storytelling. A way to blend that first old trilogy of movies and then bring in new actors and new character versions and put them together and then turn them and, and come out on the other side with everything intact and still being entertaining is, is it's amazing. It really has yeah. been amazing. And I've thoroughly enjoyed all of the new X-Men films. I am pumped for this one. I mean, this is, 
no offense to Ultron uh, as as a villain, but Apocalypse is probably the most dangerous and the biggest baddest uh, comic book villain that we have seen or we will have seen on screen to date. I'm trying to think of if there's another one. Um, you know, Thanos could be, but we haven't seen Thanos like really come to fight yet. But a, he's just been sitting in an armchair. He's, arm he's been sitting on his throne doing nothing, um, talking. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I am better, uh, even though I just sit here. Exactly. So, <laughs> so I think that the the bigness of Apocalypse, and and you know what, Apocalypse, they've got some fantastic actors in this movie. Michael Fassbender, like oh. you've got Oscar worthy stud performances in a comic book movie. So I I agree. I think it's going to be a yeah. huge draw. I'm really excited to see it. Um, and I think it's my number four, or I, I have okay. it as my number four. Well, so your number four is obviously different than my number four, for obvious reasons. You just said it. And this was a heart pick. This is one of me, um, just because I'm, I'm a DC guy. And, and you'll be surprised. I've just spoiled it by saying it's Suicide Squad. <laughs> um, and uh, <laughs> sorry, guys. I tried to be dramatic, and it didn't work. <laughs> but I... There, there's a lot of reasons why I wouldn't put this in my top five, at least. Uh, could, you know, from from the history that the DC EU has had, and from the, the the reshoots rumors and all this stuff. But here's what I think is great: David Ayer is a great director, and I think the trust that I have in, as a side note, the DC universe to kind of give their creators a little bit of freedom at least on this uh, and the, and, and some of the, the footage that I've seen from the trailers, I believe this is going to help what people experienced critically with BVS and man of steel, having kind of big expectations and then sort of a, a kind of a meh follow-up. I think what's going to happen is this will have sort of a, cautious opening and then word of mouth is going to bring it back to say what you need to see this this is good this is good it's a different yes it's dark and it fits into the dc dc world there are enough conversations about that we won't get into it but at the same time it's got a different flavor to it i mean we're talking about an ensemble cast which is the first uh that we're seeing in the dceu we're talking about a darker way of presenting that, like almost like anti-heroes. And then Will Smith in this one. So I think we know where he went. I know, you know? man. Gosh, why, I know. wish he was in Independence Day so bad. Um, <laughs> well, again, we're going to just keep doing this because your number four is my number five, um, Suicide Squad. So we'll just say, segue- awesome. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, not leaving ourselves a lot of room for uh, the nailing them on the spot is going to be very important now because we're, sure. we're probably going to be getting those points for being within a certain number. Um, yeah, I, huh, I love Will Smith, but I'm having a hard time with Suicide Squad. And this is coming from a guy who, you know, when I was into comics, pretty, pretty hardcore for a while. Um, Suicide Squad was one of my favorites. You didn't really read it, but I did. did yeah, it, you were you were all over. I was it. all over it, and I really enjoyed it. Um, and I have not liked what I have seen. And granted, I'm trying to avoid trailers, but I did catch a couple for this one. And I just I'm just not digging it, man. I don't know. I got I got issues with the Joker. Um, not because I don't think it can't be done differently. 
I just and I and I, I mean another thing I'm a huge Jared Leto fan. I mean I was I was a Thirty Seconds to Mars fan. I've seen the band live. I I uh, he's a man crush in a lot of ways. I don't know. I mean it's got all of a recipe for what it should be something that I am drawn to. I love what Batman vs Superman was and the darker tone. I should be the guy who wants to see this. And if for some reason I'm just not, I'm I'm nervous and I'm just not loving it. So. It's my number five because I know that it's going to it's going to sell, and I'm I'm hoping that they don't ruin it too much by doing reshoots to make it lighter and funnier. Uh, um, I've read about them doing that after the BBS critical uh, negativity came out, so we'll see how that goes. Um, but yeah, for me, it's number five, based l- largely on my own personal, you know, kind of nervousness about the film, um, and, and that's why it's not higher. I I think it has potential to. It has high potential. It really does. I mean, if it, it could go big, if people love it, word of mouth style like Deadpool did. Yeah, I mean that's for sure. And having having sort of an anti-hero premise might push people because they've had experience with Deadpool, and and that might that might drive those same kinds of kinds of folks. Um, so moving on to my number five. And maybe this isn't your number six, but who knows? Uh, I'm going with Star. I'm going to laugh so hard if it is. I'm going with Star Trek Beyond uh, because of the fact that um, even though Star Trek Into Darkness was not as well not well received as the original, again, I'm having a lot of faith in the in the director here. Um, You're talking about a guy with history in terms of the Fast and Furious franchise. And based on the trailers and some of the footage that I've seen and some of the things I've read about, this is basically Star Trek Fast and Furious style, which I think is great. Um, And I think that what it tries to do is sort of, at least least from the little that I've seen, I don't think we should place a lot of faith in trailers, but from the things that I've read about, is it's really trying to open up the franchise to the everyday moviegoer. Movies should be fun to watch, especially popcorn, summer popcorn flicks like that. And you shouldn't have to be so immersed in fan uh, service to get all the individual references, which I think we know was a criticism of Into Darkness, that I think this is just going to be a fun movie. You know, so sitting at, it won't be a huge blockbuster, but I think it's going to be a sustainable one for sure. I think it'll, I think it'll do what it's expected to do. You know, third in a franchise, a new director, um, I think it could have some some kind of good, good, you know, follow up and, and word of mouth like what I believe Suicide Squad will. Um, but I don't necessarily think it's going to be a just a, a blow up in your face movie. I think it's going to do exactly what it should do. Interesting. So that's not my number six. Yes. Um, I, yes. I will uh, give some more thoughts later uh, if Star Trek comes up. Um, but I think that it's it's a valiant pick at number six. I think it's a decent spot for it's it. Five, five. That's it's your five. number five. I forgot. Five. I forgot. We're off. Oh, it's your number. It's not valiant. It's great. That's a that's it's a, a great, little bit of stretch, is what that is, my friend. So whatever. Let's see how that plays out. Um, okay, so moving to my number six. Is that right? Uh, Keep me on track. Yeah, we're number six. Okay. Well, that that was my number five. I don't know if you want to talk about your number five. Have I not talked about my number five? Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry, yeah, because you're number five. My number five is Suicide Squad. That's right, okay, so you're number six. My number six. This is the one that I'm going to go and predict. Um, This is not an expectation 
that is out there right now. So this is kind of a, there's nothing to really base this on other than what I've seen in trailers and what I've heard on the internet as far as Buzz goes. But I'm going to go with Secret Life of Pets. I think this could end up being as high as, I'm serious, number three. You can, sh- he's shaking his head. I, you guys can't hear him right now, but he's laughing. <laughs> they can't know, he's they la- can't know. He's laughing out loud. But he <laughs> started the- shaking his head like crazy the moment I said he started laughing at me. I'm going <laughs> to laugh all the way to the bank, buddy, because people love talking animals, don't they? Zootopia, Jungle Book. People <laughs> love talking animals. I love talking, and these are my house pets, talking animals. I, every time this trailer comes on in a theater, and, and for you guys who who haven't heard, I don't, I'm not, I'm doing an experiment this year where I'm not watching any trailers, I'm trying very hard not to. Uh, except for the three that you've watched, except that you've mentioned. For, <laughs> except for animated films. Specifically, I, I am watching any animated film trailers, because I don't feel that it ruins the plot to, for me, you know? And this one is gangbusters, and every theater I've been in, people are laughing out loud at this trailer. That's not usual. This one has huge potential. It's not Pixar. It's not Disney. It's coming out of Universal Studios, so we shall see. Um, is Chris Pratt in it? If it's Universal Studios, no. it's probably. <laughs> <laughs> but what I expect to happen is I think that the moment this drops, it drops at a pretty good spot, too, in the summer when I was looking. I think that it's going to be huge. I think word of mouth is going to carry it, and I think it is going to rock it up the charts. So Secret Life of Pets, I'm stoked for it. A little bit of a heart pick, but uh, I am really pumped, and I think that it's going to be the number six film of the year, box office-wise. So you think it's going to be number six, but you, so you think it's going to be number six, but you actually think it'll jet up to number three? No, I'm saying I think it has potential. I think it has a range potential where it could be as high as – I think it, oh, I okay. legitimately think it could be as high as like a number three. I do. Animated okay. films, man, in the summer, kids are out of school. You got it. You really got to – the animated films, there's almost always like two big ones. Last year we had yeah. Inside Out and Minions were both in the top four, I think. So uh, this is sure. my other pick for one that could could really, you know, break into this list. So that's your number that's six. That's my number huh? six. <laughs> that's, that's, uh, that's great. That's great. I, I think that's a good pick because it's mine too. Is that <laughs> why you were laughing? Oh, exact... I thought you were making fun of me. You <laughs> rascal. So it's, yeah, it's my number six. <laughs> it's my number six. And, uh, and you make some great points. I agree with a lot of them, but I will say, uh, as a, as a personal preference, I'm not a huge, I'm not really looking forward to this as much as, as you are. Uh, you've become the cat lady. I have. Me. I just got my third cat this weekend. <laughs> just nuts. But the voice cast is just off the, off the charts. Good. I think the that's gonna really, it's gonna do well, uh, just because of the voice. I think I think voice actors really help sell the animation. I mean, animation of a movie is great, but the voice. I mean, obviously we we've seen it from the Jungle Book, but uh, I'm when it comes to a movie that is animated, or or that's not driven by actual live action actors, um, the voice cast really, um, really sells me on it. Um, and so I think from that standpoint, a lot of adults are going to go with, go with their kids. You're right. The summertime brings about all the, all the children. And so, yeah, it's my number six, man. Sweet. Well, I, you know, I'm getting a little nervous here because I think <laughs> we need some different picks or, or we're going to end up with the exact same score. So we're, we're either going to win as a team or we're really going to lose as a team. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I also want to beat you. So uh, yeah. my number seven is... Fast and Furious in space. Uh, Star Trek Beyond. 
Okay. I, I love the reboots. I don't own a lot of movies these days. Um, very much a digital guy. You know, I buy them, download them, and have them on my uh, computer. And I have all the streaming services. So I don't have a lot that I own anymore. But I own both of these. And I watch them. I watch them often. I do. I, they're one of the few series that I probably watch multiple times in a year. Uh, just because they sound like fun sometimes to plop them in. They are a ride. They are uh-huh. a fun ride. I love the cast. I think Chris Pine was a phenomenal casting. Zachary Quinto, a phenomenal casting. I just, I just love them. I love everybody. I love, I love all the characters. Who, who else we got? Carl Urban, um, Anton Yelich, uh, who I just recently saw in Green Room in a completely crazy different role. Oh my goodness. Um, but like, yeah, Zoe Saldana I think is in this. Is Zoe Saldana in it? Yeah, Zoe Saldana's in it. Um, man, it's fantastic. And I think I'm a big fan of the Fast and Furious franchise as well. So I think it's going to be fun. I don't think it's going to be as good, critically speaking, as the original reboot was, Star Trek, the the J.J. Abrams uh, reboot. Uh-huh. Um, but I think that this will will do big numbers. The previous two films have been in the 220, 230 range. Even, even the low one was around 220, I think, Into Darkness. So with those predictions, we could actually be underselling this because – Typically, your number nine and ten films um, are somewhere in the 150 million range. So, if these hit 220, if Star Trek hits 220, you know it may be more a four five, three four five type of film. But we'll see what happens. Um, I'm really excited for it. Yeah, I am too. I am too. So my number seven that we're on number seven. Yeah, is uh, is is taking us back to it's an IP. Duh. Wow. But it's can you believe it? It, but it's taking us back to what made it, what I believe, a really great franchise. And that's going to be my man, Matt Damon, Jason Bourne. Oh, yeah. We're back to shaky cam, fast action. Don't mess with this guy because he'll take you out in three or four punches. I, I, I think this one is going to be what, what you believe ID4 Resurgence is going to be for the original. I think people are going to be like, you know what? I like I like Matt Damon. I was impressed with it. I'm coming back. I want to see what else he's got. And but I didn't place it as high. I put it in my I guess my bottom five because I don't think there's going to be a huge draw for it. I think people were satisfied with the trilogy. I don't think they were really hyped up about the newborn. So going back to the original, I think will bring those original fans back, especially those that have read the books. And uh, but I think it'll be enough of a draw. Uh, that it'll hit in the in in the seven or eight, you know, ranked range, and uh, and I think the franchise itself is is solid enough that it's going to bring back people that have been fans of the original three and the subsequent ones after it. So that's that's my number seven. Well, it's my number eight because <laughs> of course, of course, it's my number. Eight. This is not going well. Let's just stop right just, now. Let's just just kill this idea. Um, <laughs> we, we, I swear, guys, we did not. There's no, we did not know what each other were going to pick. This is really unbelievable. Um, I, I guess it, it goes to show, like we are best friends. You know, we have this passion for this, and and it's we have a lot of the similar tastes. I guess. Um, and in our predictions, what that's amazing. But yes, number eight for me is is Jason Bourne. Um, the only reason I'm putting it at number eight is um, I believe it has a little bit of a later 
a later release date. And yeah. the mark the marketing has been kind of kind of low. Um, you know, I had a Super Bowl uh, trailer that came out. I mean, I haven't seen it, but I know it came out. And they're they're really just I haven't seen a lot uh, of Jason Bourne promotion going on. Um, so I think that it's one that may not have quite the same first weekend, but that as we hit that first weekend, people are going to go, oh, wait, wait, there's another Jason. Oh, it's Matt Damon again. He's back. We're not going to try this whole other plan that completely failed with a different actor. Yeah, let's let's get in on this. And it, you know what? Spy films last year blew up the box office. We had amazing spy films um, and not so good ones, but we had a lot of them. We had Spectre. We had... Man from Uncle. We had Mission Impossible. Um, I feel like I'm missing another big one, but <laughs> but we had a bunch of of, uh, of big uh, King Kingsman was kind of a spy Kingsman. film. Yeah, Secret Service. Yeah, so we had a lot of spy films, and uh, this is kind of the only one in this list. So my number eight, Jason Bourne. Yeah, good good number eight. Well, uh, your number eight is obviously not. It won't. Well, mine's ID Four Resurgence, and. Um, you know, I, I think because of um, the hesitation I had with it, I think was you mentioned it earlier in that uh, the reason I placed it so low was because of the distance between the two movies. Not necessarily because Will Smith's not in it. I think he was a great, uh, you know, he, he will be missed for sure. But I feel like a movie like this is going to have to do something different. You can't just make something bigger and better, you know, in this case. And I think all the all the one-liners, um, I, 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 my, my hope is that they're not sort of regurgitated, that you don't have some of the same cliche. Is is, is Jeff Goldblum in this one? Uh-huh. He's the he big is. draw okay. coming back. Yep. Okay. There you go. Um, I saw a still photo of him in a spacesuit. Okay, yeah, that's I, right. I haven't seen okay. the preview. I refuse to watch it. Yeah. Through a trailer. But I, yeah, but I just, I don't see it having having the biggest, the big draw that, that you do, mm-hmm. I think it's going to be one of those. It's gonna, it's gonna bring back the, the fans, and I, I don't see it as having something, having a story that's going to be worth visiting more than once. Totally fair. I, I, yeah. I won't be surprised at all if you're correct. I, I will yeah. not. I hope that I'm right and you're wrong, but mm-hmm. I won't be shocked. Yeah. Okay. All right, nine and ten. So my number nine, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you if your number nine and ten are the same as mine, I, I honestly might drop the mic and walk out because. I don't think they're going to be. These are two. These are not. I just, I, I will be so shocked if we have the same mix. <laughs> All right. My number nine. Every year, a comedy makes this list. There, there's always at least one big summer comedy that blows up and will somehow get into the top ten in some form or fashion. Um, for me... I believe that this year that is going to be central intelligence. This okay. is an original idea uh, by it's got, we've got the rock. We've got Kevin Hart and I'm not a huge fan of Kevin Hart personally, but the rock I am as is everybody else who has ever seen a movie. Um, everybody loves Dwayne Johnson, the rock and sure. the, the trailers of this I have seen and they look pretty darn hilarious so i'm gonna hedge my bet here and say that this one is gonna be funny enough uh it's dropping kind of at the right time uh for its release date that i think that this will be the one that gets enough people in there to break itself into the top 10 it's a good call 
That is not my number nine. Good. So so there we go. So my number nine is uh, yet another IP, and it's yet another sequel, and it's a follow up to a movie that I personally have to challenge myself to give a second chance. Um, if you know me, like I think the internet's going to know me, as we all, as they get to know me, that Michael Bay is not my favorite. <laughs> kind of guy. He's not my favorite when it comes to putting his stamp of approval on a project. Um, but I think that with what I've seen in terms of how um, how okay, it's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's a sequel. It's the, teen, it's the follow-up to the original Turtles. And the reason I like it, the reason I think it's going to be solid is because two things. A guy named Bebop and a guy named Rocksteady. And I think what's going to happen here is, first of all, I think the costumes of the turtles have changed where they look less like trolls. No, they're still like, no, they don't. They're still the teenage ninja trolls. They are. Well, okay. Well, for for some reason, maybe it's the bebop and rock steady rose colored glasses that I've been wearing or something. (laughs) I think I've seen the purple mohawk colored glasses. Sorry. I'm 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 getting off. (laughs) Go ahead. (laughs) But I think, I think what's going to happen here is because we have a lot of times, in particular with with follow-ups to origin stories, you have the potential to tell a better story because you're so familiar with the origin story, you have to kind of get through that. I know Captain, you know, I was thinking about the Captain America films and Winter Soldier is apparently the the acclaimed like crown jewel of of you know, of the Marvel universe at this yep. point. You know, because it's Some it's been so that, yeah. it's, and, and I would agree in a lot of ways. It, it's it's a great film, but it's a great follow-up to an origin story. An origin story that you knew as a comic book person. An origin story that was sort of formulaic if you weren't a fan of comic books or of Captain America. And I think in the same way, we've gotten through the whole origin of the Turtles and whatnot. Now we're getting into, hey, this is more in line with the comics. This is more in line with the TV show. And this is going to maybe pay some more fan uh, some fan homage to, to its audience. And at the same time, be a lot more fun. Um, and so even as much of a fan as even as little of a fan as I am for the original and for some of the you know some of the crew that that have been tagged with it I think it's going to be good. I think it's going to be it won't be top 5 for sure. That's obviously why because it's in my it's number 9, but I think it'll I think it'll make some money. I think it'll turn some heads and and people will uh will regain that turtle power that they they lost in the first one. Nice. It's a good pick. Um I'm actually really excited to see it. There is no other movie this year that we've seen trailers for over and over and over in theaters, which or in theaters at all. We go to a lot, and I take my kids quite often. But that movie is the one movie that every single time that trailer has come on, my 11-year-old son turns to me and says, we're going to see that. <laughs> no other one. I mean, he loves Secret Life of Pets. He's pumped about that. But more than any other movie, it's it's Turtles 2 for some reason that is is the one he wants to see. So. And I hope so. I'm a big a fan name. of the franchise. I'm a big fan of the. I grew up with the TV show, and I've started reading some of the comics. Uh, but uh, but I really hope it does well. I, I, I love that. I love that franchise. I think it's a great. I love the movies back in the '90s, and I just I really hope it does well. All right. Well, my number ten is another uh, kind of a one that I'm expecting you not to have picked. Uh, I'm trying to find a little separation here. Good. Um, Good. I'm gonna. Get, I'm going with the third animated movie, and 
Oh, I almost I almost hate myself for this, but um, I am picking Angry Birds the movie as my number ten, and and let me explain to you why. Did you hear that? That was me dropping the mic. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> am, I, am I losing all credibility as we speak? Um, that was my nephew. He's a huge Angry Birds fan. I, I, I don't know why. I do know why. It, the, the movie itself seems so simple and so silly and just I don't think it's going to be that great. It has a decent voice acting cast, though. And there are so many people that are obsessed with this game and have been for years, so many people that are obsessed with this IP that I just feel it's coming in at a time when it's, if you can't take your kids to Civil War, you're going to take them to see this. And it's got a few weeks to really own that demographic. And so I think that it could get just above that 100 mark and really slice its way in here. Um, It was either going to be this or a Dark Horse pick, um, probably smarter man would have gone with the dark horse pick, but, uh, I'm going with it as my number 10 and we will, we will see what happens. Yeah. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to say that that's not my number 10. Um, and just like you, I think a good comedy is always apparent in the summer blockbuster conversation. And while my pick was not central intelligence, it's one that I, again, this is another one that I'm really going to have to um, own up to our feeling film, feeling film philosophy, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and 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 really see it because based on the trailers, it's considered the trailer itself is the most negatively reviewed trailer. It's Ghostbusters. Oh yeah, I, I think Reboot. you said that a good comedy was going to make this list. <laughs> so you so, might have um, just shot yourself so, in the foot. Well, but Kevin Feig, you know, he's the he's the director. He's the guy behind Bridesmaids. And as much of a I mean, I don't really like a lot of his movies. I don't prefer that kind of style. But he's got a track record of having successful movies. A lot of people do like his style. You're right. And and I think you know, Melissa McCarthy has you know, a polarizing demographic of people that really like her and really don't. So it could this movie can make or break her. Or not break this movie can make or break Based on her performance, uh, you've got, but you got Thor in it. Thor playing a non-Thor character, you know, Chris Hemsworth. So bad. And I just think, you know, if if we're gonna if we're gonna throw out credibility, then I think mine has more less credibility than yours. Can we can we at least make that? Oh, I, I think your pick is way smarter. <laughs> but but I, but I think I mean, in all honesty, I think I think people are gonna go. Even the skeptics are gonna go just to see what it is just to see what it is. I mean, even if they're going to go just to bash it, yeah. you're still going to get the $10 or $12 or whatever to, to go see this thing. The special effects are great. I think it's just going to be a lot of fun. And there are some great little laughable moments. Yep. Um, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to hang my hat on anything critical about it necessarily, but it's one that's intriguing enough to, to for me to go, Hey, I think I'm going to, I might check this out. And I think it's going to be that way for a lot of people. They'll check it out if for no other reason than just to say, yeah, it's as bad as people say it is. But it could be a surprise. It's a valid, valid reason and uh, a yep. viable pick. So, All right, so that's our top tens. I think um, I, I'm glad we have some, some diversity there at the bottom. 
Um, and at least in there, my number three obviously is, is different than, than where you put Independence Day. So should be fun to see how this all shakes out. We have very few that are in the exact same spot. That's, that's what's fun. Hopefully we have some difference in our Dark Horse picks. Um, we'll try to wrap this up pretty quickly here. Um, mine are Turtles 2. I really wanted to find a way to get this into my top ten. I, I just couldn't do it, but I, I will not be surprised at all if this one goes as high as the, honestly, 5-6 range, depending on what happens. Really? Because wow. I think I, I think it has that potential of Transformers potential draw, where Transformers, I mean, Transformers were bad movies and made, they, they blew this list to the top of this list uh, because of the fun factor and people just went to see them. And I think this Turtles movie is getting a lot more, a lot better reception and a lot better buzz than the previous ones for the mentions you reasons you mentioned before. So Turtles, Alice Through the Looking Glass, another one I have ze- this one I have zero interest in. I'm I'm not a fan of the Tim Burton remakes at all or remake at all. Don't care for the style. Um, but it's it's kind of dropping at a time when it could hit a family demographic. Um, and the previous film did make over you know in the 150 ish million range. So this one this one could easily sneak into that bottom of that list uh, as well. And my last Dark Horse pick that I'm going to go with is Warcraft. I, there's no way I was going to risk putting this in the list because it could be a huge bomb. Um, a podcast that I actually personally got this idea from, the Slash Filmcast. Those guys are great, by the way. So check them out. But they did this same thing. And one of the comments that came out when they were talking about Warcraft, somebody had said he Googled how many subscribers you know, in the tens of millions of subscribers that Warcraft has game players. And that number sounds huge, right? And so he multiplied that to deduce how many millions of dollars the movie would make if every single one of those subscribers went to the movies. And he only came out with like 20 million bucks or something like $18 million. Like, so the point, (laughs) the point was the point of it was that, the subscriber base for the games is not going to propel this into movie box office number gold. Um, it's got to be good. And I yeah. love the director, Duncan Jones. He's one of my favorite directors. He did Moon. He did Source Code. Huge fan. Not loving what I've seen from the trailers of this film. Kind of nervous. Video game adaptations, sadly, just don't do well. Um, and so I'm willing to sneak it in as a dark horse, and we'll see. So my three, um, are the Dark Horses ranked? Like, do you have a one, two, three Dark Horse? Is that Nope, you're just picking uh, three films, and if any of them get into the top ten, you get a point for okay. that. Okay, so we share one with Warcraft, and I'm for the same okay. reasons. I think it would be, um, I'm not interested at all in seeing it. Uh, it's, it's, it, sound, it, it feels epic for wrong epic reasons, and I think that the char- uh, you know, the char- when I saw the trailers, I was like, the characters look like they have like really bad, Lockjaw or something like that. You know, they got the 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 underbite or something going on, and I'm like, oh, that's just weird. Um, my my second one was uh, Central Intelligence. I think you have this great. Uh, you made some great points about the summer comedy being, you know, this this being a potential hit, but it could also be a potential miss because I thought the same thing when I saw R.I.P.D. You know, you had you had Ryan Reynolds who's got some great star power, and then you have this movie that comes out with him in it, and it completely bombed. But it was going to be a great little kind of a, a men in black type film you thought it was going to be a great success so this has a potential even with its star power to to not necessarily make the top 10 but then again you have the rock and you really can't go wrong with a lot of stuff he's in and my third one was legend of tarzan 
I'm really interested in seeing this one. I love the story in and of itself. And I think seeing, seeing a movie like that, like on the big screen is going to, I, I think it's, again, it's attractive to a multitude of people. It's a, it's got a family style with it along with, um, I think it's got some adult content. It's just, it's just a, it's a, it's a well-rounded feature. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because of the fact that it doesn't have a lot of, um, it's, it's not a niche market. It's, it's one, it's a story that a lot of people are familiar with. The Legend of Tarzan is one that even if you haven't read the story, you've seen movies and you've read books and you've read short stories about it. Um, and you know of it. So on that alone, the star power of the name itself, I think will propel it into the top 10 potentially. It's a good pick. I, uh, it was on my short list for sure. Um, as a dark horse and as a top 10 potential choice, um, what drew me away from, he's a great cast. First of all, um, Samuel Jackson's in it. I don't know if he's voicing something, voicing an animal or not, but, um, the, the live action, you know, success of jungle book, I think is going to help this initially critical reception has been very, very bad from everything I've read. People are saying it's critics are saying it's not good at all. And, And while that doesn't necessarily mean everything, um, I just couldn't bring myself to push it over. A couple other ones real, real quick, and we're going to wrap it, um, that were not able to quite make my list, but I really was, I really considered were Ice Age Collision Course. Love that franchise. Would have liked to squeak it in. The BFG, totally don't know what to do with this film. I just don't know if there's enough out there, enough people that are still reading the book to sell enough tickets for it. I watched the full trailer the other day for the first time. I went ahead and did that. And I was not thrilled uh, by it. Me Before You, if a romantic movie, romantic kind of comedy or drama is going to sneak in there, I think Me Before You might be that one. I I really wanted to get a horror movie on the list and couldn't do so. Conjuring 2 would have been my pick. I I almost put it as a dark horse. The original Conjuring by uh, James Wan is a fantastic film. Um, So that one, or there's also another one, I think think it's by him as well, coming coming out called Lights Out. That is... um, Maybe, maybe could get in there. Legend of Tarzan I had on my list, and then Ghostbusters I considered and ultimately decided uh, is going to flop, and so I left it off completely. Okay. Any final thoughts before we say goodbye? Man, you pretty much summed it up. I'm I'm excited about this challenge. I'm excited about uh, seeing kind of what the summer does, and um, what I love about these things is the fact that the surprises are even more of a payoff than the stuff that's the obvious choice. I mean, it'd be great. You know, for you know, for competition's sake, it'd be great to know that Captain America is gonna, you know, gonna wipe the floor with everybody. But how cool would it be if one of our three or four or five picks really came in at number two? Hopefully, you know, that would be Independence Day because that would probably mean I win. We're not talking about <clears> that. We're not talking about <laughs> that. Would be any case, uh, anyway. Yeah, I'm with you, man. Totally. I'm the I'm the bad comedy on this team. Come on. <laughs> you can't, you're not allowed to do that. <laughs> but yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a fun challenge, and I'm looking forward to seeing what those guys over at Popcorn Theology are going to come up with. And uh, hopefully it's not the same as us. <laughs> yeah, hopefully there's a little bit more diversity in their lists. Um, yeah. We will find out soon. Um, I want to invite everybody for sure to check their episode out. We will drop this one. This one, when you are able to listen, when you're listening to us right now, their episode will be available as well. You can find them everywhere under Popcorn Theology. Twitter, Facebook, websites, all popcorntheology.com or you know, slash popcorn theology. Um, they're on iTunes. So 
even if you don't download the rest of their episodes, which I would highly encourage, um, please download this one so you can compare what we've picked um, and see how that's going to go. We are creating a, there's a, a user, uh, a listener, not a user, a listener from um, Slash Filmcast who created an awesome tracking spreadsheet that will pull in box office numbers throughout the summer and keep us updated as to where our standings are, what our standings are. Um, he is generously helping us do the same thing with our picks. So we will be able to post a link later this week, probably about where you can find that scoreboard and keep, keep up to date with how the competition is going. We also want to invite you to visit our Facebook page and or popcorn theology's Facebook page, our Twitters, all that stuff. And tell us what you think about our lists, make your own picks, uh, play along from home. Uh, it should be fun. Like Patrick said, it's almost guaranteed something crazy is going to happen that we were like, oh my goodness, I never saw that coming. Yeah. Most people last year picked Tomorrowland, and it's not a top 10 of 2015 <laughs> summer. So um, that's bound to happen. It's just a matter of which one it's going to be. Yep. All right. So you can find me on the internet and interact with me at Aaron L. White, A-A-R-O-N-E-L-W-H-I-T-E, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, the show's fa- Facebook and Twitter are both Feelin' Film. Uh, also, feelinfilm.com, our website. Patrick? Yep, check me out at Shoeless Patch everywhere on the web. Um, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Just uh, do a search for Shoeless Patch, and you should see at least a silhouette of me. Maybe my, my crazy mug as well, but we'll see. All right, and lastly, if you enjoy the show, we'd love for you to rate and review us. Uh, any yes. Anytime you can write sentences about us on iTunes or Stitcher or any podcast directory you're using, that is huge. Uh, helps us move up in the rankings and become more visible so that more people can find our podcast, download, listen, and ultimately join us in the discussion and conversation about movies and how we emotionally connect to them. So yep. hope you've enjoyed this and we'll talk to you about these films soon. See ya.